The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Grace and peace to you from God, our creator, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and from the Holy Spirit, the one who is wherever you are. So this is All Saints Day, and it is a day we light candles and we remember those who have died in the faith and who are now a part of the communion of saints. Many of you came through these doors on Wednesday evening, walked through the luminaries with the names of our beloved saints of L&L, and you lit candles in memory of your own loved ones. It was a beautiful, it was a sacred evening. I will share with you that on that night, Wednesday night, I lit candles in memory of my dad's two cousins who died this year. Howard died in uh, December, and Minnie died in October. In February, I drove, or in February, in December, I drove out to Morris for Howard's funeral. We gathered as a big extended family. We ate together, we laughed, we cried, we hugged one another. My siblings and I remembered how Howard would call our house every single day to talk to my dad. They were such good friends. Now, when Minnie died just a couple of weeks ago, there was a very small funeral service. We didn't gather to eat and hug. My dad watched the service from an iPad in his home. We did not get to be together to laugh and to cry and tell stories of Minnie's positive spirit and love. We didn't get to talk about how Minnie walked everywhere and all over town, how she knew so many people. I know I don't have to tell you that the world is just so very different now than it was just in December, which makes today even more important. It makes it important that we light the candles and say the names of our people, tell the stories, talk about the lessons that they shared with us, talk about the losses that we have experienced, remember the love shared with us, to be assured of God's faithfulness to all generations. So much has 
changed about how we are able to safely honor our loved ones. And so on this All Saints Day, we must be reminded that the love of God does not change. The love and the faithfulness of our God connects us. It strengthens us even when we are separated by COVID precautions, even when we are separated by distance and difference. And yes, even when we are separated by death. Now this year, All Saints Day comes in the middle of these multiple pandemics. Of, of course, the COVID pandemic, but also the pandemic of systemic racism, the pandemic of global climate change, and the pandemic of political division. We must pause today to recognize these multiple losses and fears that we are experiencing and also to face the reality that more loss is certainly yet to come. But we also pause because we proclaim, I believe in the communion of saints, that this being in communion with the saints of all generations is a gift of perseverance and endurance in these difficult times. We can look back on thousands of years of people so much like us, who gathered to worship God, who lived through hardship, endured great suffering, and continued to love one another in the way of Jesus. This is our spiritual heritage, and it may be even more important on this All Saints Day than ever before in our lifetimes. We may lose strength, but we will not lose hope. We continue to trust in God's enduring love through the generation. And so I think All Saints Day is a, a good day for us to begin this new sermon series, How Will You Measure Your Life? We plan to spend the next four weeks talking about and reflecting on the true measure of a life and the legacy that we will live. Today we are talking about love, next week about service, and then in the weeks that follow about generosity and gratitude. On this All Saints Day, as we think about the people in our lives, both those who have died and those with whom we still live, we cannot help but lift up the gift of love. Do you know that in over 15 years of being a pastor, I've done many funerals. I've gathered with families in hospitals, at funeral homes, around hospice beds. I've met countless times with loved ones to plan a funeral and then to tell stories and to pray together. And you know, in all of those conversations, family members never start out the conversation by talking about their loved one's career or professional success. They just don't. They simply do not spend time talking about wealth or accumulated possessions or beautiful homes. They do talk about how well that person loved them. When we remember the saints that touched our lives, we remember their love for us, how they were kind to us, patient with us, how they knew our names, cared when we entered the room, how they had time to give to us. These are the people who could cheer us up on a really down day, the ones who knew our secrets and our regrets, the whole us and loved us anyway. 
the people who could see the very best in us, even when we couldn't see it in ourselves. I invite you to just stop, pause today, and give thanks for the people who have done this for you. These are the people who have showed you through their love what God's love really looks like. Then I invite you to just pause and to consider the people for whom you are this person. Who are you able to show love and patience and care to? Who is it that counts on you to know their name, to recognize their achievements, to give them your undivided attention? How do you express love for these people? You know, I think sometimes we can get pretty focused on our task lists, pretty focused on what we want to achieve or the success that we want to have or think is expected of us. And sometimes we put the relationships on a second priority list. And these should matter so much more than all those other things. Do you know Jesus boiled the whole of the law down to love? love for God and love for neighbor. So we might just stop and ask ourselves, how is it that we live with the kind of love of Jesus as the center of all that we do? Today, our, our text is from Matthew, and it's just an excerpt from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's a pretty familiar one to many people. This Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preaches will span several chapters in Matthew. It's where we find out the expectations that Jesus really has for his followers. It's helpful to read this familiar passage where Jesus says blessings upon the poor in spirit, blessings upon those who mourn, blessings on the meek, in context with what comes before it in chapter 4. So right before these beatitudes or these blessings in chapter 5, we read this in chapter 4. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. Just think about that crowd that must have been gathered there to hear Jesus proclaim these words of blessing. When Jesus spoke these words of blessing, he was speaking to a crowd of people with firsthand knowledge that Jesus was capable of curing disease and sickness of every kind. And not only that, but the people that were there among him, they were the ones who were suffering in body and mind and spirit. And they were gathered there, leaning forward, needing to hear a promise, a blessing from this one. Knowing that, then, we might imagine sitting in that crowd today, listening to Jesus' words of blessing for us. And if today we had a crowd of people gathered around to hear Jesus, who would be sitting in that crowd? A lonely grandparent? An overwhelmed student? A worried parent? A grieving spouse? Maybe an overworked healthcare provider? 
or an underpaid essential worker or an anxious business owner. Maybe a tired protester or a frightened activist or a hopeless voter. The sick and the suffering today, the ones who search for meaning today, the people who wring their hands and wonder what is next, they are all in the crowd and they long to hear Jesus' words of blessing. And so to this crowd that includes you, Jesus says, you are blessed when you are sick. You are blessed when you mourn. You are blessed when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You are blessed when you act with mercy. Now we might wonder, how are we blessed? How does God bring this kind of blessing to such a hurting, troubled crowd? The blessing comes. Jesus will show us again and again through the power of love, God's love, and humanity's God-given capacity for love. On Thursday evening, I was listening to NPR's Fresh Air, and Dave Davies was interviewing uh, Nicholas Christakis. Christakis is a medical doctor and a sociologist at Yale University, and at the end of the interview, Davies asked Christakis this question. He said, it's a little hard to be optimistic these days when you see all this bitter partisanship in our country, and now we have this dreadful pandemic. What did your research tell you that should give us hope? Christakis says this, I'm well aware of the horrors that human beings can afflict on each other. But at the same time, we have so many wonderful qualities that we humans, that we are very rare in the animal kingdom. These include the capacity for love, the capacity for friendship, the fact that we cooperate with each other, that we make sacrifices to even benefit strangers, that we teach and learn from each other. These things that many listeners are probably taking for granted are actually very rare in the annual animal kingdom, and yet we do them naturally. This researcher, this medical doctor is saying our capacity for love is what should be giving us hope right now. And we who are followers of the way of Jesus, we who gather to give our honor and glory to God, we do so to a God who has knit this capacity for love into our very being. God created us to be creatures of love. Today, as you remember your people and the way they loved you, remember also the power of love that rests in you to care for others, to walk with acts of kindness in this world, to love sacrificially on behalf of loved ones, neighbors, and even strangers. As you measure or evaluate or take stock of your life in these days ahead, remember this, that you are capable of this world-changing kind of love because our God placed it within your very being the God of the universe created you, claimed you as God's own, and called you beloved child. As you remember this, 
remember to also respond. Thanks be to God. Amen.